<laughs> Shut up, TD. <laughs> That's just efficiency. It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Pipes episode 166. It's been a while. We've been away riding, wrenching, and some shenanigans in between. We have a special guest tonight. We're going to be talking about a Harley Davidson uh, build team, amongst other things. And John has probably been, I don't know, halfway around the world at this point. How are you, man? I am well. Halfway around the world? No, haven't been that way. Only a quarter. Come on. You clicked off like 2,000 miles in a weekend. Don't be modest. Uh, well, no, hey, I was only 1,700. Excuse me. Excuse I'm, getting, me. I'm dropping off to 300 extra. I'll take the extra three, but I was just saying, I was giving you extra numbers. Okay. I did that for you in one day. You didn't? All right. I did a 473-mile day that I haven't done in quite a while. Well, how was that little ride? Hot. Because I went to, down to Atlanta. It was hot. <laughs> yeah, it was hot, let me tell you. I went to New York, and it was hot. And got rained on. Well, if you're hot, you need something to cool off, my man. What do you have? Well, I went down to a local liquor store, bought something that we had up in PA. Oh. I got some bird dog blackberry flavored whiskey. Ooh, wee. On ice. Yeah, I have a little bit of that tonight. Very nice. And how about yourself, my friend? Well, also from Pennsylvania, and I'm working my way through a suitcase of the 190-year anniversary Yingling Lager. Oh, in the can. That's an old staple, but, you know, I've got to build it up a little bit. Yeah, Yingling's good. Yingling's good. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to our special guest before we hit our topic sound. All right. Because I know that she likes to craft beer as well. So let's go ahead and bring in Nerissa Cerny, and she is a calibration engineer for Harley-Davidson, and she's the lead mentor for the Iron Angels build team, if I can get that out. (laughs) Nerissa, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. So I understand you may be drying out a tad. So what is your your beverage of choice, if you had one? (laughs) Beverage of choice. uh, Last night, I was enjoying some local... Porter by uh, Ordock Brewing Company up in the UP, up in Upper Michigan, because I was up there on a dirt bike trick. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and we also needed to draw. Narissa was part of Creators Riding's MPC team. That's right, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. And I know you guys did a recap show, but could we could we sneak in like a a thirty second? recap of your experience oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah yeah. so this was actually my first year participating in the podcasters challenge and uh i had a lot of fun i'm definitely planning to do it again next year um from what i heard they changed the rules quite a bit and 
I thought a lot of it was pretty flawless. I really enjoy like interacting with the other teams and mm-hmm. seeing everybody else's adventures. I thought it was a great way just to get out and ride, you know, don't really have a purpose except to find these letters. And sometimes that's all you need is, you know, um, maybe I could do this. I could clean the house or whatever, but nah, <laughs> that, that can wait. You know, I need to go get my letter. <laughs> um, so I just, I thought it was a great excuse to put down some miles and I definitely explored parts of Wisconsin that I haven't seen before. And I had a lot of fun taking the pictures and videos too. Um, definitely embarrassed myself on a couple of them, you know, like one of them, I, uh, I was trying to sit upside down on my seat and take a picture with the street sign behind me. And it, it took a couple attempts before <laughs> I got the timer on my cell phone just right. And people were driving past me like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's like, wait, did, did she crash? Is she yeah. resting? Like, what is that? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Like, Don't look over here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, some of your videos were the funniest of the year. Oh, yeah. So it's, that adds, a, th- that's to John's credit because I've, I've teetered with the idea of doing a closed kind of a closed system for points and things like that. And, you know, he, he likes the Facebook idea and the sharing and the collaboration, which it's good. And that's a great example of it. Yeah. I mean, I figured if people have to be seeing my face or watching my videos, I might as well make them entertaining. Right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, yep. And and some people aren't entertaining. And you, like we said, through the thing, and recap, I mean, you you nailed them out of park. I mean, they were just hilarious. Um, you know, your cheese curds one with the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, Chris yeah. Singsheim, um, a, a friend that I actually met through listening to the Creative Writing Podcast, found out that he lives pretty close to me. Um, he calls me out because he says I don't sound Wisconsin enough. <laughs> So, cause he's got a pretty solid Wisconsin accent and, and I try to keep mine under control, but, <laughs> but it comes out once in a while. And, uh, he called me out on it during the podcasters challenge. So I had to record a video specifically for him in the thickest Wisconsin accent I could think of. <laughs> Are those public, John? Could we make a link to that? No, they're yeah, not they public. Should... It was awesome. funny. I, I absolutely rolled. I was sitting here one night. <laughs> And yeah. I'm reading the comments about it. It's like, you know, you're not, you're clearly not Wisconsin enough or something like that. Or it was something like, are you even from Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. And then I started playing the video and I just howled. It was like <laughs> my stomach hurt. <laughs> yeah. And it was kind of interesting because each week I think you did a theme with your photos. Like there was something that you did each week, I think differently. Yeah. I tried to make every photo a little different. You know, it, whether it's how I was like standing on my bike, posing on my bike, or I forget the name of the street, but one of them was like Latin related. So I convinced my coworker to ride out to this street with me on our lunch break. And I was like salsa dancing in the middle of the street under this street yeah. sign. And yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. he's just looking at me. He's like, really? Like, do you really got to be doing this right now? I'm here. Like, they're going to see me. And they're going to see you. And this is so <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Funny. And what, uh, what is your daily ride? We need to cover the bikes as well. So my my primary bike is a 2019 Harley Davidson Softail. It's a Sport Glide. Very nice. 
A sport glide. That's an interesting one. How big are yeah. the bags on that? I looked at that a while ago. Uh, they're pretty big. I mean, not quite as big as a, a touring bike, like a street glide or something like that, but they are hard bags. Mm-hmm. And I fit quite a bit in them, really. Um, stick a helmet in it? No, not quite that big. Not quite big. a helmet? Yeah, they don't stick out that far. But, um, yeah, it's... It's a new Softail model that was released with the 2018 re-release of the Softail lineup. Mm-hmm. And it's a great balance between like a sporty, agile type bike versus a comfortable, longer riding touring bike. Um, the, the bags and the front fairing are quick release. So... Nice. Literally in under a minute, you can take all three of those pieces off and you have sort of like a stripped down naked looking cruiser. That's great just for, you know, bopping around the city and going to bike night and things like that. Or you can put the fairing and the bags back on and take off for, you know, a weekend trip. Very nice. Yeah. Now it's comfortable. I love it. it is comfortable. It's very comfortable. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think it's the, the greatest balance between comfort and agility and performance uh 107 engine in that one yeah that one's got a 107 nice i was just kind of curious there rich for you you know just find yourself comfortable (laughs) (laughs) don't you know (laughs) yeah comfort is all relative nowadays it sure is but i i will say john i found out the bags on the interceptor are not as cool as i thought they were uh-oh, what's wrong with them? My work laptop doesn't even fit in the bag. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That, I was like, that's, that's rough. Because <laughs> I've got, so I've only had it since March, but I have a, a 2014 Interceptor now, and it has a very ugly top case on it, but it's functional. Yeah. And I got the factory side cases for it, which look gorgeous, but man, they're <laughs> they're just not quite big enough, I guess, for daily use they were great on a trip i packed in everything i needed for a trip but the other day i wanted to put them on and and go to work and i go to put the laptop bag in there and it's like uh-huh that's not gonna work yeah, yeah. same thing with same thing with my bags which i can't put the laptops in it so it has to go in a top case so yeah so using the ugly top case which yeah it's nice that you have the top case though like my my husband has a a 114 fat bob and he puts some aftermarket bags on it and they, they look great but and like every once in a while, I like to steal his bike because his bike's pretty cool too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, technically my name's on the title, so I can do that, right? <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, my laptop doesn't fit in his bags either. So it's always such a bummer if I have my work laptop with me and I got to wear a backpack. I'm like, man, this sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all done with the backpack. That's, yeah, yeah. I, I did that for many years and I feel like I've graduated beyond it. So <laughs> yeah, I'd rather bungee cord the laptop to the seat than anything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do know Rich hates the fat Bob. Oh I don't hate no, the fat Bob. Oh, is it a fat boy? Which one do you hate? I don't hate it. It's just not, just not for me. Not your style. That's cool. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> calling me out them. just because I called <laughs> him out for not doing his job on the show notes. Now I'm going to get hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-show, uh, of course. You know, funny though. I actually mentioned bungee cording your laptop on the back seat. I I've bungee corded some interesting things on my bike. I I actually kind of take pride in the things that I've traveled with on my bike. Um, 
cheesecake. So I like brought a, a cheesecake in. Like a full oh, yeah. one? Yeah, full cheesecake. Uh, it was it, one of our mechanics at work was retiring, and he loves the cheesecake I made, so he requested I make one. And I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna not ride just because I have a cheesecake." <laughs> so, brought one of those in. Um, I was actually able to fit a crock pot of, oh, what was it? We were having that some kind of potluck at work, and I had a crock pot in one of my saddlebags. Um, lawn chairs. Oh, I was actually carrying another motorcycle seat on the back of my seat one time. <laughs> How about that? Look like it- a double decker. Well, I wrapped it up in a blanket so it wouldn't scratch my bags, and it kind of looked like a baby seat. (laughs) It's like, hmm. That's cool. There's a guy that I ride with or know locally here in Rich. We've had him on show, KP. He actually uh, moved a, I think, 50-inch flat screen TV on the back of a bike. What? That's impressive. (laughs) Was that when he had the big uh, FJR? No, it was either. I think it was with the um, the V, the VFR twelve hundred, oh. or the the VX twelve hundred, hmm. or it could have been with the Africa Twin. I don't remember one of those two. One of the other. And he moved it. And and if you want something, you know, Rich kind of has questions about it, but those rock straps are no, you do like them. I like um, the thick ones that you have. Yeah. So the rock. I'm not sure if you ever used them in the rest of the rock straps. No. Are okay. Um, no, I've if, never heard of them actually. Yeah, check them out. They're pretty. They're they're kind of like. Um, so it's like once, a, it's like a cross between a bungee cord and a, I don't know, strip. no, like a like a pull strap, kind of like a. Yeah. What is the word I'm looking for? It's not quite a D ring, but like a plastic clip. You know where the the nylon strap would pull through, and mm-hmm. you, you can cinch it tight. So ah, okay. One piece of it is that, and the other piece is a ratchet. I know there's a name for it, but it's escaping me at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty. They're pretty cool to use. So I've, I've, the NPC trophy's gone. I mean, usually two rock straps will hold anything on the back of the bike. Yep. Sweet. I'll have to look into that. I think the craziest thing I ever hauled, at least well when I had the Harley, was a, a toilet seat. So, <laughs> so I went, went to get a toilet seat one time. And I was riding a bike. I'm like, oh, I can strap this to the bike. No problem. And then I come out to the bike and I realize, wow, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> so I had this little day bag on the back and I ended up just shoving it in and putting two or three bungee cords around it. And it stuck out behind the bike almost the entire distance. I was like, well, it got home. Great. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about what I think is your, your passion. And we want to know a little bit about the Iron Angels build team. Absolutely. So I'll start with just a little bit of background on the program itself. Um, Build Moto is a nonprofit organization here in Milwaukee that was started, I believe, back in 2011. And the goal of the program is to team up uh, adult mentors in the community with high school students in an effort to expose high school students to STEM programs, um, STEM, mm-hmm. science, technology, engineering, and math, and just like general tech ed type fields, because I f- think there are less and less students looking at those those types of work careers nowadays. So um, the premise is that 
various teams are organized at, at local high schools with the adult mentors, and they're given an old vintage motorcycle. Usually it's a non-running bike they found in a barn or who knows mm. the history. And the team has about six months to completely rebuild the motorcycle and turn it into a race bike. So in the past, the the program was set up to build uh, road racers. And then just in 2018, they switched up the format a little bit and we went flat tracking. Nice. So, yeah, um, you know, just with kind of the rise of flat track right now and Milwaukee has a pretty strong local flat track scene. So it made sense for us to kind of jump on that board. So, yeah, um, there's usually about 10 teams, you know, give or take, depending on the year. And uh, like I said, 2018 was the first time we went flat tracking. And 2019, we carried it through with the same bike. So it's it's great. Um, we get the bikes in January. And we have to work within certain rules. but um, for the most part, we're just following like AMA district rules and just a couple other ones that the, the build organization sets for us. But besides building the actual bike and then ultimately racing it against each other, there are other things that teams have to complete throughout the, the challenge. So the build organization sets up various milestones for us. Um, we have to submit photos of a design. We have to submit videos of our first rolling chassis mock-up, videos of the first engine fire, things like that along the way. So it really helps keep us on track. But then we get points for every one of those submissions to make sure it's on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have sort of a business aspect of the team as well, because we all know that you know the real world has a lot of... Takes money. Right. Business related, uh, you know, skills that are required. So we have to maintain a budget. And uh, if we so choose, we can take in sponsorships and uh, help maintain the budget that way. We actually have to give the organization back a certain amount of money every year. And and that's like in an effort to grow the program for the, the next year, but also help teach the students money management. And then um, we we have to maintain a social media account, and we also get judged on the quality of that content and how well we ad- adhere to those rules. So every team has an Instagram account, and then if we choose to go above and beyond, we may also have a Facebook page. So nice. yeah, it's it's really kind of like the the whole ordeal of you know almost operating a quote-unquote professional race team but obviously at a much lower level yeah and i like the the money aspect where you have a certain amount of money in your budget but you're you're welcomed or even encouraged to go get more through sponsorships and manage that as well that's pretty neat yeah absolutely it it adds a great aspect to the team so for example, you know, every team is kind of set up differently. Um, it's, it's up to the mentors on how they want to format things. But the Iron Angels specifically, we chose to have a group of girls. So I, I should say the Iron Angels team, we are the first and only all-female build team in the challenge. Okay. And um, we, we set it up so that we have a certain amount of girls who are the builders. And then we have 
other girls who are working specifically on the business aspects. And we found that was really great because there were some girls who maybe had some interest in motorcycles or just kind of like being around mechanical things, but didn't necessarily want to jump in and get their hands dirty. They were, were more interested in learning about the finances and how to build websites and promotion, you know, social media, yeah, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. So it was a really great balance to have those two functions as part of our team. Cool. Now, how, how are people selected for the build team? Like where did the, the students come from? Uh, so that's another aspect where every team is a little different. I know there are, there are some build teams that will actually interview students who are interested. Mm-hmm. Um, since we decided to be an all-female team, there aren't as many students, I would say, clamoring to be a part of our team, right? Like some of the high schools, they have a lot of boys who are just super excited and been waiting to join the team, right? <laughs> just dying um, to get in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But we actually teamed up with a, a local all-girls private high school. I happened to know one of the physics teachers there. And um, our first year, so actually 2019 was just the second year of the Iron Angels. In 2018, we uh, went to the school and just did a little recruiting during one of their like study hall periods. And we got most of our girls from that. And then after that year, it just kind of became word of mouth. They told their friends or they saw them posting about it on social media. I thought it was really cool. And, you know, a lot of the girls thought, hey, I'm interested in these technology type disciplines, but don't really have any access to resources. So this would be a great opportunity. So we actually decided that we're not going to keep it exclusive to this specific high school because uh, a full team of builders is six students. Okay. And and then we decided that we could take on at least two more girls for the business aspect of it. So we were looking at a team of eight total. And we didn't quite fill the eight-person roster from this one school. So we opened it up to a couple other local high schools just through various connections we had. And typically what we would do is have the girls fill out a form, very simple, you know, name, age, um, why you're interested in joining this program, what are you looking to get out of it, those types of things. And typically we didn't really like turn anybody down, but it was just a good way for us to kind of understand like where their head is at and what they were looking to achieve out of the program. So we could kind of cater the lessons towards that. Got it. So I'm looking at, is this, um, Oh five bike. Is that from this year? I'm looking on Instagram now. Yeah. Are you looking at the black and pink bike? Yeah. I was going to ask you what the base bike was, and then I wanted to talk about the build a little bit. Yeah. So the last two years that we've been part of the program, actually, I think up until this point, they've been using Honda CB or CL 175s. Okay. And um, usually they're in like the mid to late 1970s time frame. Um, so they're they're pretty small bikes, you know, and and very simple bikes, yeah. which is perfect for teaching students who maybe have never turned a wrench before in their life. Um, so the bikes were great for road racing, and we've tried them the last two years for flat track, and, and they worked. But they're not the best bikes for flat tracking, and the unfortunate thing is with a lot of like local AMA district races they don't 
really fit in any other classes. Right. So whenever build went out for a race, we would have to uh, work with the racetrack to usually set up like our own class, our own race, <laughs> which thankfully, you know, they're pretty supportive of a lot of local organizations and racetracks know of the program and they support us, but it just became a lot of logistics. So, um, I believe starting next year, the program is looking at changing the platform and we don't exactly know what it's going to be yet. Maybe something bigger, Okay, but probably something a little bit better suited for our flat track. But it would still, it's still going to be a, a non-running bike that they have to work on essentially. Uh, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So there's still going to be a lot of things that the teams will have to do in terms of like tearing it down, rebuilding it, setting it up specifically for race purposes. Okay. Well, I think if we go through the process, I think I can cover two different aspects, you know, the bike build and then, you know, the learning and mentoring that goes on. So, so tell us about the condition of this bike when you first received it for 2019. So this bike, besides, rough. Uh, uh, yeah, rough is a pretty good way to describe it. Um, I'm pretty sure there was a mouse living in the backbone. <laughs> So we pulled out a bunch of cotton and sawdust. That was lovely. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of rust inside the tank. Mm. Uh, the tank also had some pretty good dents in it. So uh, we had to manage that. Um, what else? I think there were just a couple of brackets and other supporting features on the frame that were busted. Oh, actually, our frame was tweaked a little bit, but uh, not bad enough that we had to go through any like major fixes. Um, right. So whoever owned this bike before us definitely put some good use to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's just, it's a lot of little things that are, you know, like the, the rubber is hard and cracked out or yeah. new tires. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. New tires. The, the rear drum brake must've had some water intrusion because it was totally corroded. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's kind of like standard stuff when you're tearing down and rebuilding a vintage bike that's been sitting in a barn for 20 plus years, right? I mean, yeah. You're just bound to find all these little things. The, the, the deeper you get into it. Oh, and, uh, there were a lot of bolts that were really rusted and just stuck in place. And, uh, a lot of the girls learned what it was like to shear off the head of a bolt <laughs> and <laughs> it was actually it was a really great lesson because you know they, they'd they be just yanking on it and all of a sudden pop there it goes and they just had this look of horror on their face like oh my gosh what did i just do <laughs> but we're like no like this it's okay this happens get the drill. It, it, right get the drill we'll fix it there's there's always a solution to a problem it's okay it's okay you know nice well i would imagine in the same way that that some of the some of the girls want to get into the finance or the marketing side. I'm imagining the build kind of goes the same way. Some of them maybe want to do paint and some want to do disassembly. Like how does that process go for you? Yeah, absolutely. So what we typically do for the first couple of weeks, because the girls are just so brand new to motorcycles in general and tool usage and all these really basic things that some of us might kind of take for granted. Uh, we just kind of guide them through the disassembly of the bike and teach them about all the parts and pieces as we go to kind of give them like an overall view. Then through that, 
and just through the general discussions and questions that they naturally start to have, they kind of identify the areas that they're interested in. So usually there's one or two girls who are really interested in the electrical system. So we say, okay, you guys are going to focus on that once we start the rebuilding process. And then we split the other ones up between chassis and engine. So um, there's usually kind of some crossover, but for the most part, you know, they, they start to figure out what they're most interested in and we start to steer them that direction. So there, this year, actually, we had one girl who loved wrenching. She just kind of wanted to get her hands on everything, but she was also really passionate about art. So all the girls agreed to let her be the lead designer on the paint scheme. Um, so she went off and put together a couple concepts. We came back, had a discussion about it, and that's how we landed on the, the black and pink. Nice. So... Yeah, we try as mentors, we try not to intervene too much because we really want the girls to feel like they have ownership of everything in this bike. I mean, the whole process is for them and it's about them. So we're just there to help guide the discussions and answer questions. But for the most part, they are really great about sorting things out themselves. I mean, in the beginning of the year, we had to do a couple of those cheesy icebreakers, right? Because <laughs> high school is an awkward started. age. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know, all kind of like standing in the room looking at each other, not really saying anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thankfully, I think all the girls just were so enthusiastic and excited about the process that they just jumped right in and formed bonds and friendships. And we had a like a really respectful team this year. And it, when we would come across some challenges or disagreements, we would just sit down and have a very honest conversation about it and make compromises. And I think it was great. I mean, actually, the color pink on this bike was a great example of that because some of the girls were really nervous about putting pink on the bike because they really didn't want it to appear too girly. Right. But yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But uh, the one girl who I mentioned decided to take on the role of lead designer was really adamant that she wanted pink. So we we talked about it and decided to do the hot pink and then kind of tone it down with the black and the neon green accents. So it wasn't all pink. Yeah, and, and it's the frame too. So it's not, it's not like you painted the tank that color. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. So it was just, like I said, as a mentor, we were there to kind of guide the discussion and help them see the pros and cons and, you know, maybe pull up some images on Google and say, well, look at these race bikes and look at the kind of colors they're using. Like yeah. this is, this is normal or whatever. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. I'm, I don't know if I have the right bike. So there's a, there's a pink frame bike that has a black tank. And then there's another one that has a, like a red and I guess that's blue kind of checkerboard yeah. side. So the red and blue checkered bike was our first bike. That was from 2018. Oh, okay. Okay. Also a pink frame. Uh, no, it's like a blue. It's a turquoise yeah. blue, it looks like. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That one has a, like a teal or turquoise frame. So that bike, I think, turned out really great as well. I mean, for it being our first year, the girls really rocked it out on the design. And thankfully, we had a, a local painter come on as a sponsor, and he he helped create that checkerboard pattern on the tank, which was really neat. But I actually I really enjoy seeing those two bikes side by side because just the design of them is drastically different. 
but I think that's really representative of our teams because we had some girls carry over into the 2019 team, but we also had some new girls come on. You know, maybe we had some that graduated and there were some open seats, et cetera. And um, just the the dynamic of the 2018 team versus the 2019 team was very different. And I think you can see that in the design. So, yeah, oh, that, that's it, what I was wondering is if, if the, if you had team carryover or if it was a new team every year. Yeah, it's, it's a little mix of both. Yeah. So if there is a girl on a previous team that wants to come back, then we'll give them first choice. Got so the, the, the picture you might be thinking of where you see the pink frame with the checkered tank, that was actually Dino Day. So that's another milestone we have. It's towards the end of the season Okay. where there's a local dealership that offers up time on their dyno and every team has to show up. They have a time slot during the day and they do horsepower pulls. So um, our tank for the 2019 bike was still being painted. So we just stole the, the 2018 tank and put it on the 2019 bike. <laughs> Got it. Cause I was <laughs> like, wait confusing. a minute. I'm, I know I'm looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause dino day obviously happens before the bike is 100% race ready. Yeah. Yeah. So it's usually just kind of like a hodgepodge of, you know, whatever you got to get on there to make it run. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Just get it to the dyno. Yep. <laughs> Very nice. Now, didn't you, I saw, I may have saw a picture. Didn't you race this bike? I did. Okay. Yeah. Now, this year I raced it. Um, it's you. So the students are not allowed to race it. Um, so it typically ends up being a mentor or maybe if the team has connections with a local racer, they'll ask them to come and race the bike too. You know, you need to get that guy, Chris, to come race it for you. Yeah. I, you know, Chris is really, really good at going in a straight line. <laughs> but I don't know about the whole flat track thing. <laughs> Turns out. Just the same, Chris. <laughs> that might be more like Honeycutt. Yeah, that's true. You have to get Brian sideways. from uh, California to come out there and race it for you. Yeah, right. Well, so we've actually had female racers both years because we're trying to keep okay. with the, the all-women's that, theme. That's true. And actually, something that was really neat was during uh, Flat Out Friday, which is a, an indoor flat track race that happens here in Milwaukee every February in association with the Mama Tried Motorcycle Show. They typically have a build class just to kind of showcase our program and the teams and, you know, give the students another opportunity to show off their work. So this last February, the girl or the, the woman that was riding our bike was a Iron Angels alumni. Oh, cool. So yeah, she was on our first team in 2018 and then she graduated and now she's actually going to a, a local technical college and um, she does a lot of motocross actually but she agreed to come on board to race the bike in flat out friday and just it was really neat because some of her former team members the the girls in the 2018 team were there cheering her on and helping her in the pits and she was racing a bike that she helped build from the ground up so it was just it was like a really proud moment for us mentors very nice so since it all starts again in january do you have any 
any prospects for this year or do you know what the bike well you said you're looking at a different bike but do you have any other insight on what the bike might be for next year we don't know too much yet the build board is still working out the the details and the nitty-gritty on that so we're expecting an announcement pretty soon i think um but i I believe it's going to be something slightly bigger, like I said, than compared to the 175s. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as our team, the us mentors. So I should say, it, it's not just me. Yeah, there I are, the mentors and the students both. Yeah. Yeah. So there are th- three technical mentors on our team. It's myself and then two other women who are also engineers at Harley Davidson. And then we have another woman who is an engineer at a different local company. She's been helping out with a lot of the finances and sponsorship. And then um, another woman that we just know from the motorcycle community in Milwaukee, who does a lot of website development. And she came on as a mentor last year to help with the social media. So we, we have the five mentors for the eight girls. And we all stay in contact pretty consistently, even in the off season, just talking about things that we thought we could do better or differently, or maybe we want to um, add some some lessons into the program and how might we do that. So we're already talking and planning. And I think in late October, early November, we'll start reaching out to the schools and start getting the word out there for recruitment. So there's a couple of girls that we know will come back because they're pretty committed to the team and they have already told us that they plan to pursue engineering or technical related careers after high school, which is really, really exciting. (laughs) And, um, and actually just the other day I received a text message from a girl who was on the first year team, but she couldn't participate in year two for various reasons and was really bummed out about it. And now she's coming back for year three. So That'll be really great to have her on the team again as well. A repeat. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's really exciting too because I think as a mentor, we have this unique opportunity to see the growth of these students throughout the entire six-month build process. And uh, I, I don't know that the students realize it in themselves sometimes, but a lot of them, especially the girls, will come in without ever using a a, a wrench or a screwdriver Mm -hmm. in their life, right? I mean, day one, we organize the toolbox and we teach them the names of all the tools and we teach them righty, tidy, lefty, loosey. Like these are the foundational basics. Right, yeah. And they, they don't know these things, right? So to go from that to the girls being the pit crew and competing in a pit crew challenge mm-hmm. against all the other teams on race day is just mind-blowing and it, I, I just i love seeing that that progression and just their general confidence so we've had a couple success stories already i'll call them um one girl like i mentioned she was actually thinking about going to school for dentistry and then changed her mind and is now going to school for mechanical design Nice. And we have another girl who is starting an electrical engineering degree next year. And um, another one who attended an engineering camp over the summer after participating on the team because she just got really excited about like mechanical engineering concepts. And, and maybe not even to that level, but on a more like home felt level, um, 
a girl on our first year team, she used to do, or I think she still does a lot of mountain bike racing just as a hobby. Right. And her dad actually told us at the end of the season, he said, you know, when Stella would break something on her bike, she would come to me and ask me to fix it. But now after going through this, she asked me where the tools are instead of <laughs> asking me to do the work. And I, I got so emotional. I like, started nice. tearing up, you know, I was like, yes, you know, this is what it's about. So I, I just, I, I love seeing that, that growth. Nice. Yeah. I was going to ask you since there are, there are multiple facets to the program, which, which part of it is your favorite? Uh, if you can pick ooh, just one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll pick three. <laughs> um, Fair enough. So, so uh, I, I'll say the, the Milwaukee motorcycle community is a very strong and diverse community, which is something that I'm very appreciative of. And I feel like as a mentor in this program, it's helped me network with a lot of great people in this community mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people who support this program. So just personally, I've, I've really, really enjoyed that. I also love the, the one-on-one moments that we get with these girls during the process. I, I mean, you know, getting our hands dirty and teaching them all these mechanical skills, but the, the more comfortable that they get with the, the process and the team with each other, the more we start to have these like deep conversations and I just love knowing that I can be a resource for them, you know, whether it's questions about college and how to find financial aid or how did you choose your career path or what is it like to be a girl in a primarily male dominated field, right? Like those kind of weird sticky questions that they don't really have resources for. So I I love that. Um, And then the, the build process or like the competition itself I will say my favorite aspect of it is the pit stop challenge that we have to complete at race day. So the pit stop challenge is actually worth more points than winning the race. And, and they do that intentionally because that's a true test of how well the students have learned throughout the year. And team, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we never know what the challenge is going to be until it's the time of the challenge. Um, you know, we, we can speculate all we want, but the first one that we had two years ago was a, a rear wheel change and an oil change. This year was a rear wheel change, but with a twist, they could only have two students working on it at a time. And then they had to swap. So like two students taking it off and then right. two students putting it back on. And this is all timed. Like they're, running against all the other teams to see who can complete it the fastest and with the most accuracy. So during the pit stop challenge, the mentors cannot touch anything. We can stand on the sidelines and verbally coach, (laughs) but it's 100% the students. And it's just, that's the coolest thing to me is to see, like I said, just the the growth and the process from day one, righty, tighty, lefty, loosey to here, these girls are just cranking away at these axle bolts and running this tire around yep. the bike, and it's just awesome. Yeah, that that progression is cool, and I, I think the story about the the girl on her bicycle was the best. You know, used to ask for help, and now she just needs to know where the tools are. That's that's cool. 
Yeah. I mean, it's those simple life skills that, you know, she never knew she had, but we'll yeah. take with her forever. But it's neat that the, the mentoring can go beyond the build. You know, like you said, it's some of those other conversations that there's not necessarily a, a place for them to be had. So mm-hmm. it, it gives them another outlet, someone else to talk to that, you know, isn't at home or isn't at school, but you know, someone is there to help. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was growing up and especially my time in college, I was very fortunate to have a few women that I looked up to as mentors that I could ask questions to, or just, you know, look up to as an inspiration. I could see myself in in their shoes someday. And that made a huge impact on me. And I feel like it was a big part of my success. So now that I'm in this position, I, I feel like I have this obligation to sort of pass the torch mm-hmm. and, and to be that person for a girl. So this program has given me that tenfold. That's awesome. That's good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of ways to mentor out there, but, you know, taking something you love like motorcycles and blending that in, that's, that's a really cool way to do it. Yeah. It's the perfect combination of like <laughs> multiple passions. So a yeah. little work, a little play, you know, right. Some teaching, some training. So how do, how do people help out? I know you said you have sponsorship that you take throughout the year, which of course is, is closed at this point. But if someone wants to, you know, just send, send a donation or help out, um, how do they get, to, how do they reach out and get in contact for that? Yeah. Um, we have a website. It is ironangelsbuild.com. And I think I believe there's a PayPal link on there. If anybody ever wanted to donate financially, do that. But yeah, th- that's mostly during the season when we're actively seeking sponsors. Got it. But we also sell t-shirts. So okay. if anyone is interested in a team t-shirt, they can order that through the website as well. Um, other than that, just general support on social media or sharing our name is is also a really wonderful way to support the team. Um, you, you know, the, the the girls who focus on the business aspect see much more of the social media engagement, of course, but every once in a while they'll come back to the rest of the team and they'll be like, you guys, guess what? This person from Australia just followed us. And they just, they think that's the coolest thing that people all over the world are watching what they're doing. Nice. Now I see Chris got a sticker on his race bike. Yeah. Any any chance we could get one of those? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. We can send you some stickers for sure. (laughs) I don't compete, but I do have one that gets out to track days and it's all stickered up. All right, we'll we'll get those over to you for sure. <laughs> not like the other bike, not a sticker on that one. It is just clean. <laughs> clean and red and beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good stuff. John, anything else you're you're wondering? No, you you've carved a really well job there, my friend. Okay. And I, I should say, Narissa, before we before we move on to our, our thank you break and then we have some some other fun and games you want to play anything we miss or anything else you want to mention for the build or the process? Uh, I'll just say if anybody out there wants to follow us on social media, we have our Instagram account. It's iron angels build. And we also have a Facebook page that we try to update pretty regularly, but Instagram is definitely our primary source. 
And yeah, there's links on there for the website and email addresses if anyone wants to reach out and ask questions or support us in any way. And feel free. Very cool. And because John will do the show notes this week, if you go to lavpipes.net slash 166, we'll have all the links there as well. Make it nice and easy. Awesome. Right, John? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I'll get on that. <laughs> all right, Narissa, I'm going to let you pick your eight days a week list. And then we probably have a couple of other questions and have to thank some people here for a moment. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Okay, let's take a moment and recognize the people who make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the Writers of Loud Pipes for their support. That is our first five. Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. Thank you, fellas. Slack pack would be Chuck, Chad, and NC Rambler. Barbershop, Stephen, and Jacob. Mr. Uh, oh, sorry, one got to go one more down. So Loud Pipes Racing, Sean Birch, Old Man Slacker, and Sir Mike. And I just want to count out Call out that uh, Sean Birch is at the Isle of Man this week for the Manx Grand Prix and the Classic, I believe, are the races he's checking out. And he's also going to MotoGP in England. So we'll, I'm sure we'll be hearing about that when he gets back. Uh, then we have Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Tony, Jed's Moto, Scott, Tim, and Tommy makes up the riders group. And Darren, Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, Kale and David, round out the insiders. And we appreciate all of the support, no matter the size. If you're interested in joining our group, check out loudpipes.net forward slash donate. All right. Johnny John, how was your trip? Anything you want to share? Any nuggets? I got soaked. You got soaked. So you went from Charlotte to upstate New York and back. Charlotte. Three days. Okay, Charlotte, Charlotte, Raleigh. Same parallel. No. It's a little farther north, don't you know? Oh, you're farther north than me. Yeah, I am. Yeah, no no, no big nuggets. Just uh, went up for four days to see some friends and my um, half-sisters. And we got about... Um, Mm, about an hour away from our hometown area and and it was getting dark it was thundering over to the left and looked like we we're going through it so stopped at town and called my buddy and said hey is it raining he says nope <laughs> no hang up the phone get back on the road starts raining and then like literally it started to pour and um he said as soon as he hung up the phone it like it just poured at his house. And, uh, I was going to go up over a hill, um, into the town, but instead I went through the gorge, which was, I think a smart move because we stayed down lower. Um, Mm -hmm. got to the town next to my hometown and going towards the hometown and all was, or or I spent most of my time growing up and it just dumped on us. So all my buddies, did you ever run gear around? Um, so I took my Joe Rocket um, jacket that's waterproof. It's more textile than mesh. Um, so so that's what I had on for coat. Um, pants were my Joe Rocket mesh pants, so they were they were, I, I got soaked on the lower half. Mm. Um, the jacket did well. Um, All right, and then we uh, did some riding around up there, and it's kind of interesting that. 
I realized that I was like to because um, Bobby went with me and uh, it was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, here comes a big hill. We're going to go down. And I go down the hill and I'm like, you like that was the hill. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember it being more spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I remember being bigger and I'm like, it's, it, I, I don't know. I, I guess what I realized on this trip was the North Carolina and Virginia mountains, I think, beat. And I know Jeb. Jebs talks about the um, upper in Vermont, how great the mountains are. I'm, I hate to tell him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was nice riding up there because we did some back roads for, on Sunday to my half-sister's house. Um, and it was nice riding, but still, nothing compared down here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just for us in this area. And same thing goes for people that like California. You know, and I think, Narissa, I think you've been to Utah, and I think I saw something that you really loved Utah mountains. Oh, my Is gosh. It? I thought it was one of the most gorgeous states that I've ever ridden through. I'd love to go back someday. Yeah. So I know you've done that, and I know people also talk about how everybody talks about the Rockies in North Carolina, or the states, and they've said the Canadian Rockies are even more spectacular. So it's very interesting. So. All right. Yeah, I had just a quick, I guess, other than riding to work as often as I can. Um, last Sunday, was it last Sunday? It was yeah, it was last ride. Sunday, yeah. Last Sunday, I planned a mountain ride. So I was going to go down to Greenville, go up through Caesar's Head, and then go on up over the full extent of the mountain to, I think it's called Waynesboro? Not Waynesboro. Yeah, yeah it sounds familiar. Waynesville, something like that. And then head back towards Asheville, stop at Sierra Nevada, of course, and head home. And that would have been, I think it was 460 miles or something. And, yeah. and a couple of people I talked to wanted to go or were on the fence. And kind of like the more I got to it, it was like, well, I'm just going to go by myself. Forget it. So, yep. but I got up Sunday morning and started rolling out. And just mentally, I just, I wasn't in the right space for that kind of ride. And so I was like, I just texted Hogan. I'm like, you going to be around? I'm like, I'm coming to Atlanta. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm almost to Greenville. I'm coming to Atlanta. He's like, oh, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> but it was fun. Hung out. Oh, that's good. Had a good brunch. Uh, went downtown a little bit. And then I didn't get home till 10, 10 to 10. Yeah. I got home Sunday, I think about eight o'clock. And I left my, you know, my sister's house at like, seven o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, I could have been home sooner. I kind of took a little detour way. Um, but I was really interested. I mean, we got up, you know, talk about weather when I got up Sunday morning to come home, no Monday morning when I came home, that's right. came home Monday. Um, we got up, it was like 55 degrees and kind of like dewy, you know, and we're coming home and it was like cold, you know, it was like, Ooh, it's a little chilly. And then farther south, we got 60, 70, mm. 80, 90. You know, it's like, oh. And uh, 81. I mean, I hate to tell you, man. <laughs> that road, I mean, I used to like night 81. used to be not so bad. But going up, we got hit going through Scranton with accidents. Right. And then going home around Wilkesboro, they were inspecting a bridge and closed down a lane. And GPS goes, 20-minute delay. 
24 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Mm. And it rerouted us and actually had us go through Wilkesboro and it saved us 40 minutes. Nice. So I'm just like, it's, it's crazy. But I know stuff has to be done, but it's just like, yeah. Shutting down one lane does that much. Slows it down. And then I sit there and look at the road, and I'm like, they actually need to turn 81 into three lanes the whole way. It could stand it. But anyways. All right, let's check with Narissa. Have I stalled long enough to get you a list? (laughs) I think I've got my list. I'm I'm having a hard time, though, narrowing it down to just, was it, eight of them, right? Yeah, it's tough when you think money's no object. You can have anything you want, but then someone says you can only have seven, and and you really got to think about it. It's like, oh, okay, well, I, I would want one of these. And then this is nice too, but okay, I've already got one like that. Now let's get this other thing. Right. And we've had people do it all different ways. Like some of us in our, our clubhouse have kept it to just bikes. So it's like, I need a touring bike. I need a cruiser. I need a sport bike. I need a dirt bike. And have taken it that way. Other people have inserted cars and trucks and boats and jets and everything. Oh my God. I didn't even think about cars. Oh. Oh, it, it makes it even oh. harder if you try to add cars. Forget about it, oh, right? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, maybe I don't have it on the... Well, all right. <laughs> well, you got... So, so you got to have one... I mean, not trying to throw... You just got to have one vehicle in case it's, you know... Because you got that snow up there. You might need something, you know... Oh, man. Yeah, but... To like, get to work in the But wait, snow. John. You get more street cred if it's all bikes, though. Oh, <laughs> is that what it is? All right, all right. Okay. All right. I don't know. I'll take then, the city you, bus you Uber to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll call a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. Uh, I. I think I got it narrowed down. This is tough. It is tough. It's fun, but it's tough. Our last show was even worse. We we did a whole conversation on. Um. It was called only one bike, but it was from each make, each brand. Oh wow! So it's like you have to distill an entire brand down to one bike, and that's all you get. So wow. it was a long show, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was tired. I was exhausted. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. You really got to dig deep for that. And oh, man. Yeah, that's a fun thought exercise. All right, I'm ready. Okay. I have my, my trusty pencil and uh, hand laid paper ready to go. <coughs> Call okay. I- and, and Google Docs. <laughs> Shut up, TD. <laughs> <laughs> that's just efficiency uh yeah okay i'm glad that you guys can't see the piece of paper in front of me right now because it's a hot mess I, i've crossed out so many things <laughs> just like the show notes then good perfect <laughs> um okay so wait is it is it truly seven or do i get the plus one? Seven and a project seven and a project all right which one's my project and a pro- uh, okay all right here we go <laughs> number one <laughs> Number one, I'm going to say a Cessna 172. Oh, man, going uh, right for the aircraft. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the biggest one, right? So that kind of like sets the size of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the hangar. Yes, continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Got to have a dirt bike. I, I don't have a specific one picked out yet, but I'd like to own a two-stroke someday. I don't have one right now. Mine's a four-stroke, but I think it'd be cool to get into some two-strokes. So got to have a dirt bike. 
Put you down for a KTM EX uh, 300? No. All right. <laughs> well, I seen this video the other day of a Can-Am that used to make a two-stroke dirt bike that used to be pretty powerful. Oh, come on now. <laughs> um, okay, number three. Uh, I would like to try some track days in, in my future. So mm. I would I would like to own some sort of smaller displacement sort of like beginner sport bike for track days. John, your favorite? Uh, R3. I thought you said Ninja 400. I would, no, I'd go with an R3. Oh, you would? Okay. I hear a lot of people talk about the SV650s. Yeah, I've heard that makes a, a wonderful little track bike. It's a ni- And it's a fun conversion. So it's a, it's a bike that you can take and sort of make your own. Yeah. Because it's not like a you know, it's not like a super sport bike out of the oh. box. So you, you sort of put your, you know, your rear sets on it and get the right bars on it the way you want. And you, you sort of adjust it and make it a track bike. It's even, it's like a little project in that regard. Yeah. So, okay. There's my project. That's, that's it. <laughs> project. <laughs> S- SV650 track bike. Awesome. All right. All right. Number four. Uh, I think it'd be pretty awesome to own an old knucklehead with a jockey shift love it because mm. i just i think that'd be a really interesting challenge to learn how to ride something like that but i don't know it's like those bikes are just so cool to me so that's number four uh number five i got a pontoon boat <laughs> nice <laughs> why not why not i mean the pontoon boat is like the party barge of boats. Oh, you know, you yeah. invite 10 of your friends out and just have a great day. So got to have one of those. Up here yeah. in, uh, I think it's up in Lake Norman, like a whole bunch of them, they chained themselves all together. It's like a floating island. That's awesome. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go uh, ahead. <laughs> number six, I, I had a pocket bike written down because I really, really want a pocket bike because they just crack me up. but. I crossed it off oh. for a 1969 Corvette Stingray. Oh, oh, yeah. So that's kind of always been my dream car. And I, I would love to get one someday, either like a restoration project or, you know, good out of the box. Either way, just like that muscle. You know, I'd love to have one of those. Was the 69 yeah. the only year they did the split window or was that 67? Which year was that? A buddy of mine talks about them all the time. He's like, I would have a 60-something or other split window. It's the only year they made them. I think it was 69. I'm looking. I'll look it up. I'm looking. I like the T-tops specifically, like a a dark green T-top. Oh, it was 69 according to this. Or was it 63? Anyway, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> all right. And uh, number seven, because you said I had to have one for my birth year, right? Well, you get seven proper and a project, so you technically get eight, and the birthstone can be nine. Oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you have five plus the project, so you have two more and a birthstone. Two more. 63. 63 is the only year they did the split window, Rich. Okay. A little older then. A little older. Yeah. Okay. So since I got another one, I'm bringing back the pocket bike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any style? Does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, the fact that I could fit it in my trunk is is enough. <laughs> Got it. 
And all right, my my birthstone or yeah, birth year bike. I'm, I'm making it a bike. And you get another one because that's sick. And, yep, yep. I, I have I have one more. Okay. Um, so that, that one, I just this is the order I have it written down. I don't know. Random thought process here. Like I said, my my page is a mess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I was born in 1989, and um, I chose a Honda RC30 or a, a VFR 750R. Ooh. Ooh. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't know that it's a bike that I could handle if I had one, but I just think it's so sexy. I just, I, I've got a thing for like those old kind of boxy looking sport bikes. I, like if I just see something like that on the side of the road, I have to turn around and go past it one more time. <laughs> awesome. Well, maybe someday your employer will, will re reinvent that, uh, VR 1000. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see that we get on to Barber or well, we haven't been to Barber this year, but one coin for good measure. But every time I see that in the museum, I'm just like, oh, God, I want to ride that thing. I so want to ride that. So the I'm going to send you another picture then, since I sent you my track bike. What, you oh, that's, that's you. Yeah, that's, that's my second track day, I think it was. Cool. So yeah, this I've one. never done a track day, and I just feel like it would be a really great lesson in learning new riding styles. Like, I, I love taking various types of advanced riding technique classes and just trying anything that somebody will let me try. <laughs> Cause there's, just, like, there's so much to learn when it comes to riding motorcycles. I love it. Oh, that's nice. So the lineage of that bike runs back to that RC 30. Yeah. 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 I can kind of see that in the lines of it. Yeah. So this is also a V4 800. Very nice. So What's this is it? the one that you just got recently. This one I got in March. Yep. Okay. It's clean. Yeah. For a five-year-old bike, it was it only had less than 5,000 miles on it. Now it's got almost 10. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sit still. All right. One more. One oh, more. Oh, yeah. Get one more. <clears throat> um, all right. So I have to have a modern Harley Davidson in my garage. Cause, of I mean, course. But which one? What, which course. one? Oh, man. So I really love my Sport Glide. Uh, you know, I've had a sport guide for two years now and every time I get on it, I just really appreciate how versatile it is. And like, it just, it does everything that I want it to. Mm -hmm. So that would probably be my number one pick. Uh, it would be closely rivaled by a road King. I think, uh, like if I ever wanted to go slightly bigger with my bikes, but the unfortunate, well, see, you said money isn't an option. I can have a big garage. Okay. Yeah, I could have a bigger bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course see, you can. <laughs> my, my problem right now is I live downtown Milwaukee, which means I don't have a garage. Mm. And it's like the, the woe of my life. <laughs> so we, we have a driveway and a shed with a, a lift in it. And like we make it work, but with five motorcycles and no garage, oh, we're running out of space. Yeah, that <laughs> time to move. Like the site. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the neighbors down the way have a four stall garage on their alley. So, um, 
oh. trying to figure out like what their favorite cookie flavor is so I can bake them some cookies and then be like, hi, I'm your neighbor. We're going to be best friends and I'm going to rent one of your garage stalls. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you like cookies? I'll be over at eight. <laughs> Sound good? Once, <laughs> once a week. That's my rent. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So you have still have to narrow it down. Which one? Uh, it, I think I think I'm going to go with the Sport Glide. You still would do a Sport Glide? Okay. I think I would. Yeah. I just I maybe like a, it that much. Maybe put a 114 kit in it or something? Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> mind that. <laughs> <laughs> 114? What? No, no. We're going to put the, you know, we're going to put a bigger one in it. Yeah, might as well go all the way, you know, up to like the 117 or something. Like, why not? <laughs> It'll funny. fit. Oh, Sport Glide. I need to go ride that one. Actually, I need to ride the new Soft Tails, period. Actually, one thing that I really appreciate about the Sport Glide is just my personal opinion. It's kind of a sleeper. I feel like it's one of the Soft Tails that people don't really look at in the whole lineup and think, oh, you know, yeah, that's like the sexiest soft tail or it's whatever. Right. It's not like the fat boy that has this heritage behind it, but you get on it and you can push it pretty hard and just like, you realize how fun it is. All right. Can I ask you a few Harley questions for as much as you're allowed to say? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you if I can't answer. (laughs) It's not anything secretive, but have you ridden the live wire? Uh, I, I wrote a prototype like, a couple years ago, but I haven't written any of the the latest the versions ones, yeah. or the production versions. Um, a couple of my coworkers, like some of my coworkers who are working on that project, they have, and they all just have like raving reviews. So mm. I'm really excited for it to get out into the public's hands and let people like start experiencing them. Yeah, soon, right? Yeah, very soon. That's what I thought this month. I. I don't recall for sure, but um, like the Harley Davidson Museum here in Milwaukee, oftentimes they'll have a lineup of the current production models. And on Saturdays, usually throughout the summer, you can come and test ride them for free. So I don't know if they're doing that with the live wires or like the, the Milwaukee hog rally is coming up just in a few weeks and maybe they'll have some there that they'll at least have a display with, yeah, one of them there. So that'll be pretty neat to check out. Cool. Yeah, I I had a chance to ride the prototype as well, and I just loved it. And then it just, I don't know. It's I won't say I lost interest, but just a lot of time went by. You know, a lot of things changed, and but I really do want to ride the production one though. It looks good. The numbers look good, all except the price. But the numbers look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited to uh, start hearing the general public's reactions to it. Cause we've, we've had some out in the media's hands and, you know, we may have yeah. written some of the reviews from various publications already. And it's just, it's going to be a really premier product that I'm really excited to see like how it, it starts to shape our industry. Yeah. Cool. All right. One more question. And this is kind of Milwaukee specific. Okay. Since you're in the area and of course the museum is there and Harley Davidson in general, if someone's going to ride up there or come up for a weekend, what, what is the must see sites? So kind of plan out an ultimate weekend for us, if you will. So of course the Harley Davidson museum, uh, and 
if you can get there on a Thursday mm-hmm. before the weekend, that's even better because every Thursday is bike night and Uh-oh. cool hun- hundreds and hundreds of people show up, not just Harleys. I mean, everybody from the community comes to bike night and it's just, it's a spectacle. So that's of course a stop. Um, Got to have some Wisconsin cheese curds while you're up here. Right. Who makes the best? <laughs> so that's a big debate. That's a really <laughs> big debate. But so there's two types of cheese curds. People may not know this. There are actual cheese curds, the type that squeak when you eat them. Yeah. And you know they're fresh when they squeak. But it's literally just like nuggets of cheese. And um, there's a place called Clock Shadow Creamery. And they, I think, make the best squeaky cheese curds. But you can also get deep fried cheese curds, mm. you know, in case you want to give yourself a little extra cholesterol hit. Um, <laughs> oh, but they're so good. And you have to dip them in ranch. Some people put ketchup on them, which is fine, but ranch is where it's at. And Lakefront Brewery, I think, has the best ones. Lakefront Brewery. That sounds good to us, whether we get cheese or not. <laughs> so lakefront brewery in and of itself is another great stop they do tours of the brewery it's uh on the smaller scale of breweries but the tours are always really really entertaining they do a great job with those and it's like a traditional beer hall so after the tour you can just sit at these long tables and hang out and sometimes they'll have polka bands playing mm. um Milwaukee gotcha. also just has a lot of beer gardens in the summertime so you're bound to run into one of those there's just there's a lot of beer here, you know. <laughs> As you would expect. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, we have a really great lakefront as well. Whether you're down just to like cruise along the lakefront on your bike, or there's a really great path for walking or bicycling. It's just it's really pretty. It gives you a great view of the city. So I really recommend that as well. We've got a couple really cool live music venues. So you know, if you're into more theatrical or like big shows, mm-hmm. we have some pretty historic theaters in the city, like the Riverside or the Paps Theater, and they bring in like big name bands. But then we have a lot of small like corner bar places that will have a stage in the back that maybe hold like 100 people. And <clears throat> I, I really recommend checking out some of that stuff because I don't know if people think of Milwaukee as like a music city, but uh, I think that we actually have a pretty strong music culture here and a lot of local artists as well. So definitely check that out. And Oh, for anyone that's a foodie, I also really recommend visiting Milwaukee because another thing that we may (laughs) not really be known for, but we've got a pretty diverse food culture here and nice. It's a, it's kind of a problem living downtown because it's like, oh, I forgot to take the chicken out tonight. I guess we're going to walk down the street to the ramen place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that sounds like a, a good visit for sure. Lots of good food choices, beer and motorcycles. I am in. Totally. You know, and I usually tell people it's best to come in the summertime just because you can really enjoy the outdoors a little bit more. And we have so many festivals here in the summer. Yeah. But in the wintertime, like we still know how to turn up. <laughs> so, when you know, don't it, be. When does the weather turn? When does it get to the point where you're like, ah, you know, I just really can't hang outside anymore? So, usually beginning to the middle of November 
is when the bikes get put away. Yeah. Um, until like, and, like May, April? Um, usually April. So the temperatures start to pick up enough in April where it's like maybe low to mid 40s. Mm-hmm. And it's enough that if you like have enough layers, you, you're fine. But there's so much salt on the roads that the bikes don't come out until the first big rainstorm. Got it. So everyone's always kind of like hoping and praying for the big rainstorm so we can come back out. <laughs> um, Sounds a lot like Boston. You still live up there too. Oh yeah, probably. Um, but in the wintertime, actually we do a lot of ice riding here. So like we, we still get our two wheel fix throughout the winter. Nice. We find ways. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, John, we got to get to Milwaukee. Put that on our list. It's only, it's only 863 miles from Charlotte, Rich. That's it? That's it. Right up there in two days. There you go. <laughs> two days? Well, doing a day. <laughs> Come on, yeah. buddy. Tack on an extra like 200 miles or so and turn it into an iron butt. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That's... Yeah, do it. Do the long way. Make it a thousand. Get the iron butt on the way up. Okay. Mm. And then make it the gold on the way home. <laughs> uh, I can't get a gold. There's no gold for uh a thousand. Or what is it? Which one is it the bun burner has a gold? Yeah, bun burner has gold. Fifteen hundred and twenty four hours. Yeah. Ooh wee. So, so go the really long way on the way home and get the gold. Yeah. Man, I, I yeah. wonder how many people have actually done that. That's impressive. What the fifteen hundred and twenty four? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Honeycutt has done it. Yeah, he did it during the challenge. Challenge two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Wow. And uh, so, so, so since we're hitting downshifting here a little bit, well, you um, want me to wrap it up and we'll do some post. Yeah, we can do that. I'll share some news that I have. Oh, maybe we'll we'll do a downshift this week. <laughs> Interesting downshift a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, Narissa, I had a ball. Um, I just want to thank you again for, for hanging out with us and telling us about your, your build team. And we'll have, like I said, we'll have links to all of that in the show notes, the website, the social media, um, all that stuff. And maybe we'll even find the funny videos from the NPC. <laughs> Put links to those too. <laughs> That'd be great. You got to awesome. send us off with a little, uh, a little Minnesota though. The Min- Ooh, Wisconsin. 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 Oh, cripes. Uh, don't you know? Is Minnesota worse? Like, do you look down on them from a, a region oh, wait, perspective? Okay. Yeah. The Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah. It's a little yeah. more sharp. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Minnesotans, they talk weird up there. I don't know. <laughs> so, no, but thanks for having me. I had, a, I had a really good time, too, and I really appreciate you guys spreading the word about the Iron Angels. We're, we're super stoked for our next year's team and keep everything rolling. We'll be following for sure. Awesome. All right, John, the events are on the website. I think we'll just shut it down. All right, man. I'd like to, again, thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their support. And again, if you're interested in joining our group, that is loudpipes.net slash donate. Additional information from this episode, including links um, to all of Nerissa's sites that we mentioned will be there, loudpipes.net slash 166. We have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, and of course, our social media. All right, John, my kickstand's up. What about you? 
Uh, let's roll on out, buddy. All right. Larissa, thanks again. Appreciate it. Good night. Night. Night, John Boy. Hey, Mary G. Thank you for listening. Please consider supporting the show. We offer generous rewards for your contribution. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.